0: Thank you, Emily, for reading that. <clears throat> Hi, uh, my name is Jaron. Uh, I'm one of the ministry apprentices here at Auckland EV. I've got a question for you. Have you, ever struggled with, have you ever struggled with wanting to be known or understood? Where there are times where you just want people to get you. You know, get what you enjoy, what you like, but also get what you struggle with. Sometimes, I wish that I could just telepathically just put into your minds what I'm trying to say, and you can just get what I'm trying to deliver here. As a society, we've been developing many ways to understand ourselves. We look to psychology. We've grown leaps and bounds in psychology. We've done a lot of personality tests. I'm a personality test geek, so ask me any personality test questions, and I've probably done it before. Other people love finding themselves through traveling. But the question is, why do we want to be known? Oprah Winfrey, in a Harvard um, commencement address, says this, what we want, the common denominator that I found in every single interview, is that we want to be validated. We want to be understood. Why? Maybe because being understood helps us acknowledge the fact that we are not living alone, that the experiences that we have on this earth is not alone. Yet sometimes we don't actually want to be fully known. Sometimes we just wear a mask, almost as if like there are things that are off-limits that people should not come close to. Maybe if people know these things, they wouldn't actually love every part of us. However, this psalm points us in the direction of someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. But more than that, he loves us better than we can love ourselves. Let me pray as we read. Heavenly Father, we come to your word today. We ask that you help us to expand. Expand our understanding of who you are and help us to feel the comfort that comes from knowing you and being known by you. Interesting prayer. Amen. David, the author of this psalm, starts us off by describing a few things about God. He claims that our God knows everything, every little detail of our lives. Read with me, starting from verse one. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You observe my travels and my rest. You're aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I'm unable to reach it. As you come off reading these verses, how do you feel? You see, David shows us that God knows every detail of our lives. God knows our movements. Before you sat down here at Church, before you stand up and sing, God knows that. God understands what we are thinking when we are awake. And sometimes even those thoughts, before you drift off to sleep, God observes when you are walking, driving, lying in bed. He's aware of whatever we do. More impressively, before a word is on our tongue, before we say anything, God also knows that. So before I deliver the sermon, God knows it too. Yet sometimes we think that we can hide some things from God surely God doesn't care about the small little things in our lives. Are you the type of person who would slow down if there's a police car nearby or maybe a traffic camera? <laughs> and then, once you pass that, you just speed off like you're fast and furious. Or are you the type who would, when your supervisor's around, you look like you're working, but once your supervisor's away, you just outtap. tap to YouTube or Twitch. Are you the type who would say, I'm on my way, when you're still actually in bed? Because I am all those types. (laughs) Yet his gaze pierces more than just the physical. He understands our thoughts from far away. He looks into your heart and your motivations. Would that knowledge cause you to withdraw from God? Where do you not want God poking into your heart? So when you're saying something, what are you actually thinking? Does pride come in? Jealousy? What are you not saying? When you're singing in church, do you actually mean what you sing? Maybe sometimes you're just like me. Your lips honor him, but your heart is far from him. When you're serving, what is your motivation? Why are you doing it? Andrew helpfully pointed out that I'm sometimes on the back line When I'm playing the bass. And honestly, sometimes when I'm playing the bass, I just want to look cool. I just bobbed my head and I was like, oh yeah, this, you know, I look like I'm worshipping God. Yeah, that's good. But sometimes my heart just points to the fact that I want men's approval. See, the opposite is also true. If you're doing it from the heart, God sees it too. Be encouraged that God knows when you're praying by yourself, when you're reading your Bible when you're giving up and sacrificing your time and energy out of the gladness of your heart, when you're struggling with temptation in that very decisive moment, you decide to put sin to death. You decide to choose that God is worth more than what I love. See, God knows all that. And this brings up an important point. God has appointed a day where he will judge the world. And so, on that final day, his judgment will be perfect. On that final day when Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead, he knows everything. He's seen every action, every thought, every motivation, every heartfelt emotion. His judgment will be better than any judge in this world. Why? Because he's seen through everything. His judgment will be right. And this is why David responds in verse 6. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is a comforting knowledge for David to be fully understood, to be fully known. Yet, interestingly, in verse 5, it says that God's hand is upon him. This is a bit ominous. Um, It could be either comforting or terrifying, depending on whose hand is upon you. We're unsure of what this tone is yet, It says that God encircles David, which is the next part of this psalm. David describes a few situations where God is present. Read with me from verse 7. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle on the western horizon, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. So what does this all mean? There is just no escape from God. There is nowhere that you can hide from God. God will be present everywhere. Even if David goes up to heaven, where the stars and the galaxies and the universe above, God is there. If David goes down to Sheol, which is the Old Testament understanding of the realm of the dead, the place where the dead go to, God is there. Even if David flies on the wings of dawn, traveling at the speed of the morning light from from where the sun rises in the east to where the sun sets in the west, God will be there. There is just nowhere that you can escape from God. Why would you flee from God? Is there something that you're hiding from Him? David, the author of this psalm, he himself experiences this when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He murdered her husband so that he can make her his wife. There is nowhere to hide because the prophet Nathan was sent by God to convict him of his sin. Remember, God has searched us. He's known us. He is all-knowing. He's ever-present. There is no use hiding from God. And so if you look at verses 11 to 12, If I say, surely, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like day and darkness and light are alike to you. There is no darkness that will completely cover you or hide you from God. He is right there with you. He's like the song from the police. Every breath you take, every move you make, Every bone you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Why? Because he is there. So where are you tempted to run away from God? Do you feel like your actions or your sins, your wrongdoings, are causing you to withdraw from God? Maybe it's the emotional mess, the mental mess that you're in, that you feel like, I need to distance myself from God. God knows what you're going through, He's been there with you. He doesn't promise that he will solve it immediately, but he promises that he will walk you through it. Let's focus on verse 10. Even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If we compare God's hand in verse five and verse 10, we see that God's hand is more positive, a more caring, a more loving hand. And so, if you're a child to God, here's where we can be confident in the love and care of our Father. His constant knowledge will be a comfort to us. We can find our security in the one who knows us deeply and intimately and personally. Therefore, he can care for us better than we can care for ourselves. So, do you find yourself sometimes just lying in bed, feeling gloomy, stressed, Anxiety comes upon you. He knows. Are you constantly checking your bank account? He knows. Do you feel like you're struggling with inadequacy at work? Maybe you're facing imposter syndrome. He knows. Are you struggling with relationships? Friendships? Your family? He knows. Do you feel isolated, even from your friends? Maybe here at church? He knows, but more than that, He is with you. More than just knowing, He cares for you. So come, come to God, pray and ask Him to surround you with His care and love. Ask Him to hold you in His hands, for His right hand will guide you. Whatever it is you're facing, God is with you and right beside you. Find comfort in Him. The question is, what is there to be afraid of? If God is by your side, if you know that his hand will lead you, what is causing you to flee from him? The final thing that we learn about God is that he created us. David wonderfully shares the intricacies of God's work. Let's read from verse 13. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I've been remarkably and wondrously made your works are wondrous and i know this very well my bones were not hidden from you when i was made in secret when i was formed in the depths of the earth take note of the fall in verse 13 it is because david create, it was because god created david which explains why god knows and god is present with david don't you think that verse 14 is the right response. David says, I praise you, because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. God's work is indeed wonderful, and he deserves glory, because he created us. Now, let's take a break, let's take a pause, and think of what is the most complex thing in the universe. To some people, it might be our smartphones. Uh, There's this microprocessor that runs in the smartphones and helps you connect to the internet. Hold on. What is even the internet? Is it all just stuck in this one tiny plastic box that just turns on and off? I should put it to you that maybe it's the brain. You see, we have 86 billion neurons in our brain and each of those neurons are connected to tens of thousands of other neurons, and all of this working in this one big network, trying to fire constantly so that your body works. This is like taking all the trees in New Zealand. We've got about 10 billion trees in New Zealand, multiply that by eight times, connecting all the roots and branches and leaves and vines and compressing it all down into the size of two clenched fists that's the size of your brain. Isn't God amazing for creating a brain like that? And he did not create just one. He did not create ten. He know a billion. He created eight billion at this very moment. Surely God is worth all praise and honor and glory. Have you ever tried creating another living being? More than that, Have you ever tried knowing them intimately and personally at all times and being ever-present with them? I can guarantee you that you have not, but God has. Not only has he created us, he has planned our lives as well. Read with me from verse 16. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Here is where we find our hope in God as Christians who believe in Jesus and what he has done on the cross, our days are planned well ahead. He's written all our days from start to end. So, through the ups and downs of life, ultimately, if you believe in Christ, on the final page of the book of our lives, it will be written that we will be God for eternity. And if we know that our end is secure with God, what about now? See, right now, we can find comfort through Jesus, our creator. Colossians 1.16 describes Jesus as the one through whom and by whom all things are created in heaven and on earth. He created us and he knew us. Even from the very beginning of David's life, in our lives, God has planned us. He knows every little detail of our lives, even the number of hairs on your head, What a useless fact. But maybe not if you're balding. That might be helpful. But he's God, right? Listen to this from Hebrews 2, verse 17 to 18. Therefore he, Jesus, had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For sins he himself has suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are tempted. Jesus, who is the Son of God, came into this world, taking on the form of human flesh, meaning that he has similar experiences like we do. He's had a whole range of emotions. If you're an introvert, this is for you. Jesus was tired and he withdrew from people. He slept in a boat during a storm. Have you ever felt Grieving? Have you ever grieved because you lost someone? Jesus wept when Lazarus died. He went through trials and temptations. Have you ever felt betrayed by your closest friends? Peter, his disciple, someone who's from his inner circle, denied him three times right before his death. He felt isolation, he was alone. And on the cross, before he died, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The fact that he came and he knows what it's like to be human should give us comfort. He gets us. We aren't experiencing life alone. We have someone who knows us intimately, personally. He's present with us is shared in our human experiences like we do. And so as we come to verses 17 and 18, God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast the sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, I'm still with you. He doesn't just know what we experience is. He thinks of us, how wonderful it is to be thought of by God. The great God of the universe knows us by name. Why shouldn't we come to him? I know there have been many times in my life where I've sinned. And it's not God drawing away from me. It's actually me drawing away from God. I feel like I'm not worthy to come to him because he's too holy. I feel inadequate in my weaknesses. Like God cannot handle how much sin I have. Do you think you can hide your actions from God? Maybe thinking that if you just shrink away, that he will just overlook you and miss you. Are your actions so bad that God won't love you? No. Listen to Hebrews 4, 15-16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What's stopping you from coming to God. God calls you to come as you are. Come with your sins. Come with your guilt. Come with your shame. Come with the the weight on your shoulders. This is the most important point I want you to know tonight. God knows every wonderful thing about you, but he also knows every terrible thing about you. Yet he still sent his son to come and die for you in your place. Jesus Willingly prove his love love for you by willingly giving up his life. Knowing what your sins are, knowing what you will commit in the future, knowing all that, yet he came to die for you in your place. Yes, in this life we will still have troubles, but our only solution is Jesus. Come and experience him. He knows you. He cares for you. He is there with you. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Because this is why it matters. We see a change in the tone of the psalm. It gets serious and quite strong. Read with me from verse 19. God, if only you would kill the wicked, you bloodthirsty man, stay away from me, who invoke you deceitfully, your enemies swear by you falsely, Lord, don't I hate those who hate you and detest those who rebel against you? I hate them with extreme hatred. I consider them my enemies. What is David trying to say here? If we naturally want our enemies to perish, shouldn't God, who knows everything, is ever-present, who created us, shouldn't He be able to destroy His enemies too? Understand this from David's point of view. He was Israel's Messiah king of Israel. He was meant to be their saviour. Of course, God's enemies would be his enemies, and he would oppose God's enemies. But now we see Jesus descending from David's line, being the better David. He comes as the true Messiah. He comes as the true king, the saviour of his people. The wonderful news is he died for his enemies. Romans 5, verse 8 and 10 says this. But God proves his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, then how much more? Having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Hear this. Those who continually oppose God, they will not be able to enjoy these privileges that God gives. No, the same God who gives hope and comfort to those who are with him, this God will terrify his enemies. If God is inescapable from those who are for him, what makes you think that those who are against him will be able to escape him? Will you speak out against God? Will you remain comfortable in your sin, rejecting the one who created you? If you do, recognize that you won't be able to enjoy the hope and comfort from God. So, go ahead, live this life. Because for you, this is all that matters. Go and earn as much money as you can in this life. Enjoy all your money. Squeeze out every bit of pleasure that you can from under the sun. Because once this life ends, there is no running away from God. Remember, he's ever-present. He's everywhere. There is no escape from God. David has shown us that God is present above and below, from the east to the west. There is no darkness that is dark enough to cover you from him. You will be judged for your life. You will pay for your rebellion against God. He is your enemy, and he will be for eternity. Jesus will destroy his enemies. But why would you want to remain in opposition to God? How then shall you respond? Read with me from verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. If we ask God to search our hearts, he'll definitely find sin in us. So how can we sing this? For David, his only hope is God. So he pleads that God would search and know him to find any offensive way in him. Why? Because he wants God. He wants to remove anything in his life that might affect his relationship with God. See, this psalm is written for the Christian and will produce comfort for them as they hear this. If you're not yet a Christian, we are welcoming you to join us. See, those who trust in Jesus, we can sing this song confidently because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Through Jesus, we can sing for him to search us and know our hearts. Yes, we know that we have sinful hearts. But God has already removed that heart stone from the Christian and has given us a heart of flesh. He sees Jesus' righteousness in place of ours. His place is spirit within us. There is nothing to fear if you're on God's side. He knows us. He is with us. What is there to be afraid of? So do you love God? If you do, you want to remove anything that's offensive towards God. Where in your life is something offensive to God? Bring it to Him. Have you done wrong things before God? Don't hide back. Bring it to Jesus who has paid it all on the cross. He's paid it all for your sins, past, present, and future. Do you have any wicked thoughts? Any sinful thoughts? Don't run away. Bring them to God, who knows your thoughts. You will find forgiveness in Him because He is willing to forgive. Do you feel guilt? Do you feel shame when you sin? Bring it to Jesus, for there is no condemnation, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you have any anxieties? Any worries? Bring them to God. He will give you rest. I want all of us to come away from this knowing this. If we believe and trust in Christ, God knowing us fully doesn't make him love us less. I'm going to say that again. God knowing us fully doesn't make us Him loves us less. And so He knows us from the womb to the tomb. He has seen our comings and goings, our faithfulness and our doubts. Yet He remains present with us. And because He is there for us, we can come to Him anytime, anywhere, with anything. Therefore, let us ask Him to lead us in the everlasting way. He has promised that His right hand will guide you and lead you. Why don't we come to the throne of grace? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. For you have shown us from your word who you are. You are the all knowing God, the ever present God. You who created us knows us deeply and intimately. And yet, despite our sins, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to come and pay for our sins, to die on the cross in our place. And now we get to live in eternity with you. What a comfort that is. So as we come and sing from the psalm, that you would search us, know us, because you see Christ's righteousness in place of ours. What a wonderful comfort that is. As we go away from today, help us to draw closer to you when we sin, knowing that you are good. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In just name we pray, amen. You've been listening to a sermon recording from Auckland EV. We hope you found it helpful, and if you'd like to find out more about Jesus or about church, we'd love to get in touch. So check out our website at aucklandev.co.nz for more details. Thanks for listening.